1: This is Knicks Fan TV, your one stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go, Knicks, baby! And now, your host,
2: CP, the NY Fanatic.
3: All right, here we go, here we go. Happy Sunday, Knicks Nation. This is the last. Live stream of the all season central until we take a much needed break. On today's episode, we will wrap up the Knicks Summer League. We'll give you our Summer League of the all season grades. Until we Let me take just much mute my uh, video On here. On episode, we will wrap up the Knicks Summer League. We'll give you our live uh, free agency grades and we'll also take calls. CP from Knicks Fan TV here. My man J L from the Nick of Time show. Special guest. From WFAN 660, he covers the Knicks. He also covers the Giants as well on Giants.com. John Smilk joins us. John, yeah. how are you feeling today, man? How's everything up, going, man? Boy. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Th- thanks again for joining us, man. Definitely appreciate it. Happy to be here. Absolutely, man. So, Knicks, let's let's start with Summer League. Wrapped up Summer League 2-3. and three. After uh, all hell broke loose, after the earthquake game, and and another subpar performance by one RJ Barrett, who's been the talk of the Summer League, we've had bust talks, we've had complete overreactions from the haters, and and some within the fan base, but three solid performances by young Rowan Jr., three double-doubles has has everything kind of at ease right now. We're on an even keel. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on the Summer League performance by RJ and, and just the Knicks squad in general?
4: Hey, look, the, the 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 first two games were as bad as it gets. Uh, you know, the missed shots, the turnovers, but it's Summer League. I mean, coming out of Summer League last year, we had all sorts of, I think, unrealistic, I hope, Kevin Knox, and then yeah. he showed up in, in October, and he looked like a 19-year-old kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, remember, he wasn't efficient last year in Summer League either. And I think we looked at R.J. Barrett coming out of college. And this was why I didn't think he was – I would have picked him third, but I didn't think he was, you know,
5: head Head and shoulders shoulders above everybody else at
4: three. Because he's not an efficient player. He wasn't an efficient player at Duke. So if he wasn't an efficient player at Duke, why would he be walking in at the NBA level? And when you're not an elite-level athlete, which I don't think Barrett is, when you're not an elite-level shooter, which Barrett's not yet, maybe he can get there, sure – You know, you're not going to be efficient. So I think when you look at the summer league, the flaws that you saw at Duke showed up, and that's fine. You expect it to. He's not going to solve those issues in the three months between March Madness and when they have summer league in July. So, yeah, his jump shot was rough. That's cool. But what was, I think, exciting for me is that when you saw what he flashed at Duke inconsistently was his vision and his ability to be a passer. He didn't do it as much as he should have at Duke, but he showed the ability to do it. And what I like the most out of his summer league performance is that he was able, and more importantly, willing to be a creator and a passer for his teammates. And I thought he was the best passer on the summer league team. He was a much better creator than Kadim Allen for his teammates.
6: Yeah. And I thought
4: that was a really, really, really good sign. And in the final three games too, when in the first two he would drive in the traffic, throw you know terrible shots and yeah. you know, contested double, triple teams, offensive fouls, I don't think he had one charge in the final three games. Mm. He was able to get where he wanted to go on the court. Mm-hmm. even without that elite athleticism, finish over and through people using his strength. So I thought all those things were pretty good signs to close out some of them.
3: JL's, man, to, to John's points, you know, the first two games, it seemed like RJ was really pressing. I was at the first two games in Vegas. Seems like he right. was really pressing. Listen, the Zion game itself had like, playoff atmosphere intensity The the whole yeah. building was rocking LeBron was there AD was there you had money Mayweather in the building everybody was just oohing and on at everything that Zion did and was waiting for RJ to clap back it, it was too much pressure in that game but I, I think to John's point the three things that really stuck out to me in the the last three games were number one yes his shot wasn't falling but he was in straight up attack mode you know always yeah. attacking the basket looking to draw contact I was very encouraged by that. What I also liked was that he was on the boards. I mean, in each game, he, yeah. had, he grabbed at least six rebounds. And with his size, you, obviously, he's only going to get bigger and stronger. So you, you would expect that to continue. And then from a playmaking standpoint, you notice that they, they really went to him as the point guard. And, and really, yeah. you know, given Kadeem Allen a rest, that could be a sign of things to come as we get into training camp and into the season, how they want to evaluate him at the point. What do you think about that?
7: Yeah, I mean, of course, but um, I was, I'll say this though. It's going to be a lot harder to have him run the point when you have a DSJ or Alpha Payton coming in, running the point guard as well. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see him doing some point guard um, off of rebounds and pushing the ball and having success that way, like he did in summer league. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that really transpires when next season starts. But, to to kind of uh, piggyback off what you guys said, I definitely, definitely, definitely love the passing. Um I think a lot of people were saying that he couldn't pass within the foul line. I feel like he made some pretty good passes even ninety the foul. seconds. So, sorry, um, sorry, go ahead, keep going. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's grown. It's, it just seems like he's growing so fast. Um his his beast basketball IQ is grown by at least some bounds in a few months. I'm I'm
3: really, really Excited to see what
1: that means for us when the season actually for using blog
3: talk Yeah, sorry, a little technical difficulties with this switchboard. Um another thing I liked him and Mitch seem like they they're getting some chemistry going <laughs> with the with the lobs and everything. That that's certainly encouraging. Um John, what what'd you think about uh, what do you think about Mitch's overall play uh this summer league?
4: I would have liked to have him fouled a little bit less and to be a little bit more disciplined that way, but look, he was blocking shots, he was grabbing rebounds. You know, he's a rim runner. I thought we might see him flash a jump shot. I know, was looking running.
3: for the jumper, man.
4: I was wondering if we might see just a, maybe a couple. Look, I don't I don't want to take him out of that rim running role. That's what he's so good at. But, you know, stretching the floor is not a bad thing either. And he's apparently working on it. He shot threes in high school. So I thought he might flash that in summer league a little bit. We didn't see it. That's okay. And I think the one last point I want to make on Barrett is just that I think his swing skill is, is going to be a shooting guy. What, what's going to separate him from being a good player, from being a potential all star player, is going to be whether or not he is consistent with his jump shot. And anybody can become better with his jumper. You got to get your form more consistent. You can already tell that his hand has moved off the top of the ball to the side of the ball. That's something he was kind of working on heading into Summer League. So with his work ethic, I think he can do it, but that will be his swing skill. The Knicks have a truly difference making player in Barrett. It's going to be because he develops a jump shot. Because if he doesn't, he's going to have a pretty limited ceiling because you know eventually guys just gonna play off of them
3: and then nothing's yeah. gonna work yeah i definitely agree with that I- i'm just glad he was kind of able to to calm down the emotions you know we've, we've had so much ptsd going on the, over this off season john <laughs> from the 17 game losing season to losing the lottery losing free agency it just seemed like as soon as summer league started everyone was trying to you know was hoping that this kid would like dominate a 40 point game. And, and so we could actually say that we won something, you know, yeah. but when he started bricking away, it was like, Oh, he's a bust. He's this. So we, we got to temper expectations, man. It's just way too much pressure on this guy, man.
4: Yeah. And the funny thing is that you mentioned PTSD. And I think generally speaking, and you guys have a lot of the hardcore Nick that I'm watching the show, I think a lot of Knicks fans, because they've only seen, especially the younger ones, have only seen a lot of losing, and they got that one mellow season that was good, but otherwise they just lose. I feel like the fan base in general has gotten very sensitive, for yeah. lack of a better term, to Big any time. even honest criticism of the team. Because if you can't look at your own team and organization honestly and make legitimate criticisms of them, and look, the Knicks, they, they don't do everything right. They won 17 games last year. It was a horrible year. Right. and. Heading into this offseason, if I would have told you no Zion, not one superstar, I think we all would have been disappointed, right? So mm-hmm. that's okay to say, but at the same time, given the superstars didn't come, which in a lot of ways is beyond the Knicks' control, right. I think they did okay.
3: I I agree. I agree. How about um how about um, Braz What what do you think about Iggy's Ooh. summer league performance? I, I liked him, man.
4: Yeah, me too. You know, I was surprised by his passing. You know, reading some of the scouting reports, he, uh, heading out of Michigan. I don't, I don't have time to watch a lot of college basketball, so I try to catch up between yeah. March and, and the draft in June. And I didn't watch a lot of a lot of him playing, so I kind of went off the scouting reports. His shot looked good, but I liked his ability to to, to, to drive and dish, make some good touch passes. He seen he didn't to me. He plays not like a domestic player. He has that European yeah. game, in, in my opinion. I think that probably comes from his time playing FIBA uh mm-hmm. for uh for canada yeah and you know he kind of has that slow motion game but he uses the stutter steps he uses the you know the hesitations to kind of get where he wants to go mm-hmm. um i wonder about his athleticism on defense guarding opposing threes i think that could be a problem the same way it could be a problem for rj by the way the Knicks have to accept the play him at two right i worry about him at six seven guarding quicker twos in the league but i think offensively bris has showed that he could be a contributing player for the Knicks this season right away.
3: Yeah, I, I think so, Jay Ellison. And we don't know if, if Bullock is going to come in or not, but Iggy's for okay. sure – going to make a name for himself come training camp to fight for some minutes. Uh, I, along with John's points, what I what I liked about him was he's very poised. I mean, for a kid coming out freshman year out of Michigan, maybe it's the professional experience out of Canada, but he's very poised, um, finishes very well, very strong. You know, seeing him in person, he's very strong when he's attacking the basket. And the shooting efficiency really jumped out at me over the last four games. I mean, he shot... 57% in the game against Phoenix, 11 for 19, 44% against the Raptors, 50% against the Lakers, um, and then 63% last night a- against the Wizards. I mean, he's he's very efficient with his jumper, man.
7: Jails. yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. And also, like he's very deliberate, like you say, he's deliberate in his post-ups too. Like the fact that he's ambidextrous and can kind of back you player down and finish with your left and the right hand is a very it's a, a very underrated skill and and it served him right throughout the summer league and that combined with his passing combined with his basketball IQ combined with his quick rotations and his yeah. jump shooting, man, he's just been a really good overall player. It's going to be tough to see where he's going to get his minutes from when uh, the season starts as well, considering you we have so many big men, it's going to be a, a battle when it comes down to minutes this season.
3: Uh, absolutely. Uh, John, last guy. How about Knox? what, what you think about Kevin Knox's um, summer league um, experience in his second year what do you think about it
4: it looks like he sped up his release on his jump shot um, and it looks a little bit smoother to me I think he's going to be a better shooter this year which to me is not surprising to me his most translatable skill from college was always going to be his shooting where I think he's got a good stroke and I think he will be a consistent shooter um, the other thing that I was very happy about is that he made some nice passes he had some nice drives yep. and dished from Robinson out of the post he had a couple nice passes out for open threes and look, you guys watched the Knicks last year. You know, he was a black hole yeah. last year. Yeah. The ball went yeah. to him and he yeah. shot it. He did not. He pass had at all. the
3: blinders on for sure.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think he showed that he took them off a little bit and he played a more complete four game, which I think was a real good sign. I think it was the third preseason game where I thought he got a little shot happy and wasn't passing a lot. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he passed a lot better. The defense still disappointed me a little bit. I thought he got lost a little bit off the ball, and he was getting beat by quicker guys. I still think he translates eventually to a, a small four. ball four. Yeah. I think that's going to be his best position. I really do. Um, I wonder about his you know, foot speed and stuff like that to, to play the three consistently. And I just don't think he's that good of a ball handler either. He's good enough, but he's more of a straight-line player. He's not a guy that's going to go side to side. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I do think we saw important progress in specific areas where he needed him to get better, and I think he showed that in Summer League, which was a good sign.
3: Uh, agreed, man. Agreed. JLS. I, I definitely agree with John's points on, on the shooting. It looks like it was seeing Knox in person. looked like he got a little bit bigger, man. He brought the gun show out to the summer league yeah. a little bit too, man. <laughs> and then just also kind of just noticing his the in the huddles. Seems like he's really trying to take that next step from a maturity standpoint and, and really be a leader on this team along with Mitch. You know, I saw a lot of good signs with, with Mitch, Knox and ISO with that summer league team kind of trying to rally trying to rally the troops. I also noticed that he, he was in attack mode as well, man. He was going to the hole relentlessly, um, running the brakes along with RJ. You know, obviously the, the knock on Knox was his motor last year. I'm kinda hoping that RJ kinda helps him improve in that area as well. Maybe they make each other better in that standpoint. Uh what JLs, what were your takeaways from from Knox this summer league?
7: I think I think everybody's saying the passing is is a thing that really, really uh, kinda stood out. It's just, it just seems like he just recognizes things faster yeah. in general. When you go to the hole sometimes last season, when he, when he drove through the hole and he kind of drove into the traffic, he kind of got this uh-oh sense that he was just kind of trying to barrel into people mm-hmm. and then ball yeah. somewhere or just fling his body somewhere. And this summer league, he kind of shown he instinctively knew where guys were going to be on the floor before the guy. Yeah. So, like, it made for a lot quicker reads and quicker passes in general. Also, like, had he was just getting to the line. Much like RJ, he was getting to the line at will. So even though he wasn't really that efficient even last game, he was able to throw some fouls. Um, Off-ball defense wasn't good. On-ball, I feel like he seemed like he was challenging jumpers a lot more this season. No, that's true. Uh, I want to see how that translates to guys in the regular season as well, when it's, like, NBA-ready guys who can shoot faster. And I want to see that translates, but I've been – People have been clamoring for him to play defense. He's so long. You want him to get a steal or a block or something. So seeing him get his hands on a few balls this summer league has been a good sign. I'll throw one more thing real
4: quick. Mm-hmm. I thought his finishing at the basket was a lot better. And I didn't mention that before. Last year, I feel like he would get in the traffic. He would always jump off two legs with that yeah. contested floater. And it would be a really tough shot to make. I saw him jumping off one foot a lot more to kind mm-hmm. of create space and kind of narrow his body to kind of get between defenders a lot more. to either draw a foul or finish to your point. And I do think that's something else he has to get better at if he wants to become a more efficient player. If the jumper comes along, which I think it will, if he can finish better around the hoop, he can become a legitimately good NBA player, in the league, a good offensive player. At least.
3: Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, good summer league. You know, I, I'm glad that these guys wanted to play the whole thing out. You know, and and get that chemistry together. It seems like they're really taking it serious, and and they're they're ready to get to work. Obviously, they have a summer coming up. They'll you know work on some of their weaknesses. I wonder who we'll see playing down at at Black Ops Basketball with Chris Brickley and those guys. But um, yeah, good good, good summer league all the while. All right, let's let's switch it over to free agency. So, John, obviously, uh, we we know what free agency brought. You know, the the, the hype and the drama, the the letdown to the Nets, you know, it, it was, I don't, I don't know how you could be a fan of any other team, man, because no other team goes through these type of emotions than a Knicks fan. But at the end of the day, I think the the management set out for a plan. They said if, if plan A didn't work, they were going for plan B. And I, I thought by and large, I thought they executed the plan. They, they got their veterans. They had to spend the 90% of the cap um they got guys that can get that can slot in one player that they got who i think still has a bit of promise is Julius Randle yeah
6: sure. you know
3: so so they signed him to the extra year deal the third the 3 year deal but for the rest of the guys i thought you know signing these guys to to 2 year deals were basically 1 year guaranteed um kept the the cap flexible but also brought in guys that can help us help the young guys and, and help us win now well, how did you see the the off season um in terms of free agency.
4: Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. The plan A, and I think it's okay to say this, plan A was a failure. Yeah. And if, you know, if someone tries to come and convince you that, oh, you know, you know, they wanted to build slowly, they weren't, you know, all in on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Arby. No, they weren't. Nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if it was late spin or whatever it was that, you know, James Dolan was, you know, hesitant about giving Durant a, a you know long-term contract. Let me tell you something. Steve Mills and Scott Perry would have given them that long-term contract. Uh-huh. In second. I promise you that. Um, so that's number one. Number two, uh, yes, I, I think they did a good job. The one thing I, I would level a little bit of criticism on is that – and you kind of mentioned – you both of you guys mentioned it before when you talked about the roster. They literally have too many guys on the roster that need to play. I mean, right now you probably have four, 13 or 14 guys on this roster that legitimately think they deserve 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Well, that's not possible. It's It's not going to happen. So I think if instead of using – one of those spots on a player, if they could have absorbed like, more Harkless or something like that yeah. to, to, to pick up a pick, I think that would have been important because moving forward now, the most important thing for the Knicks is to figure out a way to get a star player. You can't succeed in the NBA without a star, right? right? You hope R.J. Barrett can become one. Otherwise, you got to do it by a trade, which mm-hmm. the only way you can do it is if you have enough assets to do it and if your team's ready to absorb a player like that, which the Knicks weren't this year. That's right. why they weren't in on Anthony Davis. Yep. Or you got to sign one in for agency. And in order to do that, a, you have that flexibility, which they still have. You have to be good enough, like the Nets were this year, to attract that player. But the, other, the third way you get it is by drafting them. So yeah. you want to maximize your opportunities to obtain that star player, however you get them. Right. And you do that by acquiring draft picks, yep. whether that draft pick is eventually used in a trade to acquire a player or that draft pick is used to draft the player, whatever the case might be, which is why I thought they should have used at least some of that space to acquire another draft pick or two down the road just because I think there's diminishing returns. I mean, I like Todd Gibson, but he's making $10 million a year. He's going to play, what, 12 minutes? Wayne Ellington's yeah. going to play, what, 12 yeah. minutes, and he's making $8 million a year. That's great. They're good players. They'll help the team. I agree. But I think you get more out of the draft pick asset than you get out of those guys playing 10 to 12 minutes a game.
3: That, that's true. J, I mean, JL, I would have liked to have gotten the Harkless deal – um, number one for the for the asset. Number two because he's a good defender. You know I like Um local guy. Went to St. John's. Obviously we always wanted him in a, in a Nick uniform. I thought that would have been a good move. How do you see that the roster construction right now, JLSD? A lot of people are saying that it's it's almost too much depth. But how, how do you see it? Uh, it's gonna be tricky, man. Like I don't like I can
7: you can foresee another Enos Cancer situation coming around like uh december just like last year when, mm. it's, when it's like uh i'm not getting playing time what about me what am i doing wrong coach and it's just like you got 30 other dudes need playing time too and we gotta do something about it and then at that time you just kind of hope that you'll be able to um move somebody cap for, for some, like an asset or something like that yeah but um the thing is too is like when people aren't playing their their um their value isn't as high either so it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be a tricky balancing act. I do like the depth, though. I do like the Morris signing, um, the Bullock stuff. Bullock and Wayne Ellington. Maybe could you know not sign those guys because of that's an and you know.
3: With the, like, I mean, with like, the way Iggy's playing, I, I might just tell Bullock, you know what, never mind. You know what I mean? Because I, I just don't know. Like, how much value are you gonna get out of? Him. Yeah, the plantar fasciitis, like, Kurt Thomas, not Kurt Thomas, Lance
7: Thomas had plantar fasciitis for years with the Knicks, and he was always in and out of the lineup. So I can't imagine Reggie Bullock being here with plantar fasciitis and seeing him getting consistent good minutes without being injured. So I don't even know if it's even worth kind of bringing him on right now. You know what I mean? He seems. He could be good if he's healthy, but just just, just roll with that in, in Trier. We got enough guards here in that regard as well, I feel like um those guys can actually be pretty good. Those are actually some of the guys that I was actually confident in coming into this season that can contribute.
3: You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So so John, I know re- from reading your article you gave them a C on free agency. Yeah. Are you sticking by? You're sticking by the-
4: Yeah, and by the way I also like the Marcus Morris signing. I, I love think he's it. a good player. Yeah. And in my opinion, if he's on this roster beyond the trade deadline, I'll be shocked. I think he is the prime guy to get moved to a contending team. Yeah, he could be a good starting player on a good team in this league. So I think that's a guy that there's a good chance he gets moved at the at the trade deadline. But yeah, you look, you immediately get rid of anything in your a grade range because mm-hmm. of the fact they didn't get into right. right Plan so A didn't work. That, I took him out of that completely. and then when you the reason I didn't give him something in the B range is because they didn't acquire any future assets. so, there were three things that I wanted them to do this year: either get a star, if they don't get a star, get future assets, and then three, get good players to make the team better. To me, they hit one out of three. One out of three gives them the C.
3: JLS, so what's your what's your uh, letter grade here for free agency? Um, I was kind of going over like the C plus,
7: C plus, B minus range, only because That's I fair. I, do, I do like um the win factor, the growth factor. I feel like, like a lot of these. Guys that we signed are going to push these young players to the next level. It's going to help double our wins right off the bat. Probably going to meet the playoffs, but we're going to look like a competent team. It's going to accelerate our youth, and I think um, yeah. And we didn't do anything stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and, and for that Tobias, reason, I, Tobias Harris is not here for five years max. max. Like we didn't like Chris Paul. We didn't trade for Chris Paul. Like we we didn't do nothing stupid fact, and you know, oh, what? And
4: I, I think there's a legitimate chance Julius Randle's an all-star this year with the you know the number of guys on this team. And the one thing Knicks didn't need, by the way, was efficient volume scoring, which is something they don't have. Yes. Yeah. I think Randall's going to be a 23, 24 point a guy yeah. guy. You know, high 40s, low 50 percent field goal percentage, maybe 10 rebounds. I think there's a legitimate chance. You know, they might ding him for being on a bad team, but I think numbers wise, he yeah. will be a 22, nine or 10 type of guy this year. At high efficiency. So if he plays a little bit better defense, I think he's got a legitimate chance to be an all-star. I really
3: do. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Right. I'm I'm giving him a B minus, man. A B B B minus. I'm comfortable with that. I think to what to what you said, John, about Marcus Morris is kind of why I didn't really trip over them not really getting the assets in, in during free agencies, because he could either push somebody out via trade or he can get traded himself to a contender which will bring bring an asset back. So I, I don't think it's it's necessarily – it's not like it's too late to go out and, and get, you know, another asset back for one of these guys. So I still think they remain flexible with what they did. And at the same time, I mean, Jails, a lot of people are flashing that P word around. I'm, I'm kind of leery to do so. I'm still <laughs> sticking to 29 wins for me is my bar. Anything over that to me, I'm good with it. You know what I mean? I, I know I see people flashing that P word around. I I wouldn't go so far, but I still I, li- I still like the moves that they made. It really depends on the young guys,
7: man. Like
3: yeah, I feel like a guard, I feel like
7: a guard has to show out and improve for that to happen. Like, DSJ
3: man, been t- been DSJ. saying it all this time. It's it's all DSJ. DSJ man. Yeah, DSJ. Even if don't sleep on Peyton either, Mister well, yeah Five triple doubles last season. Don't
7: don't sleep on my guy either, but. <laughs> Like if a guard steps up, because I feel like you kind of know what Julius is going to give you. If a guard steps up, who's who's going to give you jump shots? Who's going to run this team? Then maybe I can see us kind of sneaking into the A. But right now I'm 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 staying pat at my thirty, my thirty to thirty-five. Yeah, I agree. I I I think I think thirty
4: wins is the goal here, guys. And if you get to thirty, I think that means you have a good year, and it shows progress. And I think. Maybe you guys disagree with me, but go out, coming out of last year, do you have any idea how David Fisdale wants to play basketball?
3: And and what you know what? That was my question for you, John. That was no, my question. No idea.
4: no idea, and we still don't. And I think he needs you know as bad as the Nets have been up until this year. At least you saw what they were trying to do. You yeah. got it right. You knew what they were trying to get to. Yeah. I don't know what the Knicks are trying to get to yet. Right now they were so bad last year with the talent. And by the way. Just look at the contracts of the guys that left the Knicks last year and what type, what type of deals they got. Cantor got five a year. Vonley got nothing. Yeah. Ullier got nothing. Cornette got nothing. You know, it's not like these guys are signing contracts anywhere else. People understood the quality of the players in the Knicks last year. They were not high. So, look, you try to get the 30, and if you do better than that, great. And the good thing about it now is that 30 to 32 or 33 wins – is not purgatory anymore because right. the way you have the new draft lottery odds, there's a chance you're moving on. Hey, that's, that that could be number one pick territory,
3: up. man. <laughs> that could be number one pick territory, man. You know, but but JL John John's right on Fizz, and that's why I put Fizz in, in today's cover, is because it's on Fizz now, man, to really make this thing Big work. Time. And we don't we still don't know who this guy is as a coach. He's only done one and a half years at Memphis this past season. We don't know if it was a tank, if it was a half a tank, or the players just weren't that good. But, you know, the constant rotation, the lineup changes, the questionable, sometimes, you know, um, um, game-ending strategies in, in crunch time. We, we just don't know what he is. And, and then on top of that, you know, Fizz was supposed to be the guy who was supposed to court all these free agents. Right, Fizz was supposed to be labeled a guy that you know has respect around the league, has respect around the top players, and we didn't even get a meeting with those guys. So it, I mean, kind, it kind of seemed like everything last year ran counter to what we were trying to accomplish. But but JS, what's what's your takes on that?
7: I was I was going to say, I mean, seventeen wins doesn't get you that many meetings. But <laughs> but I also I also say this, like you're right. We don't know what Fizz is going to do. Um, you're hoping that because there's an increase veteran presence, that he'll be able to implement more complicated offensive and defensive systems because his, his whole thing was, I'm trying to build these guys one skill at a time, and I don't want to over overbury them with all this information. Yeah. So if that's true and we have all these veterans here now who, who actually know what they're doing, who's been around the NBA, who knows schemes offensively and defensively, then maybe this season can actually take a step forward in implementing an actual system. You know, a couple of things
4: last year at Fisdale that really got on my nerves. Emmanuel Mudiay was one. Yeah, I mean,
3: was yeah. wasted time, wasted waste, time, a, a
4: complete waste of time, and we saw it. Yep, he left. So why? And look, I know Neil Keene was hurt at the end of the year, and that's fine. And they couldn't play him. I get it. And I don't know what Frank's going to be. I would not even be shocked if he was on the roster. Come you know the the first game of the year, given all the depth they had. Right. But it was just it was it was a waste of time. And I also think that he did a poor job disciplining bad play by certain players and I think you know when guys took bad shots they didn't get taken out of games and yeah. I think it's very important as he tries to develop these young guys especially guy like RJ Barrett and Duke who look his shot selection at Duke wasn't great he forced a lot of shots and right. I think it's important for and even for Kevin Knox for Fisdale to be harder on these guys and maybe he'll be able to do that a lot better with more veterans on the roster and that'll help that's possible, but. The way this team is going to get better now, the free agents will help, and they'll help on the on the margins. But it's the guys that they drafted that are going to turn this team from a 17 win team into a 30 win team. It's going to be Barrett, nice. how good he is. Knox's improvement. Yep. Dennis Smith Jr. could very well be the swing player on this whole team. That's I, I love the I love the fact that he reworked his jump shot because he has a terrible pitch mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And until he fixes that, it was never going to get better. So hopefully that jumper gets better. And I think another thing with Dennis Smith Jr. too. Did it seem to you guys that he was always in attack mode and was always Absolutely. going a hundred miles per hour on offense every game? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I saw a guy that was coasted and that frankly he did it. He did that at NC state too, mm-hmm. which is why I wasn't a big fan of his coming out of the draft that year. And we saw with the Knicks last year. So I think if Smith can get those things kind of ironed out, I think you might have something there with his athleticism. So look, Fizdale has a tough job this year. He's got to keep veterans happy. He's got to develop young guys all at the same time. while trying to win games. He does not have an easy job and, what he did last year does not inspire a lot of confidence in me. Now the team was so bad, I have an open mind. I'm not burying him yet. Mm-hmm. But I, there are legitimate reasons, I think, to be concerned with some of the things that he's going to have to deal with this year, which are going to be tricky for any head coach.
3: True, true indeed. Um, John, how are you doing on time? You have time to take a, a phone call? Absolutely. Why don't we go another 10 minutes? Okay. All right. No problem. Um, real quick shout out to everybody in the chat watching. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Uh, CP from the Knicks Fan TV. My man, Jay Elf from the Nick of Time Show. Special guest, John Schmielk from WFAN 660. This is the end of the off-season wrap-up show. End of the off-season live stream. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us with the hashtag new so we can shout you guys out. And also leave us with what city you guys are checking in from. Leave your city in the chat as well so we can see where you guys are um, are watching from. All right, first call up. Let's go to JJ from Brooklyn. He wants to talk about um, hoping that the development doesn't help. I mean, the win now mentality doesn't hurt the young players. JJ, what's going on, man? Yo, what's going on? How
1: you guys doing, man?
2: Good. How you what's feeling, up, bro? Guys?
3: Pretty good, pretty good. I just want to say
2: because, you know, we have so much depth now. It's like, you know, say Knox is struggling again. How do you, you know, keep trying to win, but, you know, don't take minutes away if they're struggling. You know, you don't want to hurt the development while you try to win. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I mean, that that's a challenge for Fizz. I I mean, um, John, who do you think, with, with Marcus Mars coming in here now, that was one of the questions that I posed who do you see starting at the three? Because are you going to start the guy? Yes, you paid him, but he's he's here. Is he here long term? Highly doubtful over the kid that you drafted, or it's it's a weird balance here. It's a weird balance here. What do you yeah. think?
4: It, it, no, it's tough, man. It's tough. Um uh, I hope that Dennis Smith Jr. first of all beats out Alfred Payton number one. If he doesn't, I think we're on a lot. I think we're on a lot of trouble. To be quite honest with you, they need Dennis Smith Jr. to be better than Alfred Payton. They just do. Yep. Um, my feel is that, despite the fact that I worry about it defensively, I think R.J. Barrett's just starting two guard the way we saw him use him in summer league. <sighs> And then you have Mitch at the five, obviously, and Julius Randle at the four. That's a really good question. Um, I think you make Knox earn it. And if Knox shows, I think you make it a legitimate competition. And Knox has to show that he's got better defensively, he's improved, that he plays enough. And I think the way you balance it is that, yeah, maybe Kevin Knox won't play 34 minutes a game. Maybe he's only going to play 26. That's still plenty of time for him to develop. Now, you can't bury him on the bench like Frank last year. But, you know, you can still get him – and if he's not starting, you can still get him 25, 26 minutes a game, which would be more than enough for him to work on his skills. And frankly, I thought they might have overplayed Knox a little bit last year. I think he was dead tired. Yeah, last they year. they no. ran him
3: into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was so, a way to get his motor and his stab it, it up. Yeah, definitely trying to get that motor up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jails, where are you going? Knox or, or uh, Morris at, at the three? I, I think I would go Morris,
7: at least for now. I, I think I would go Morris off the top. He's proving. He's proving right now, and Make, make Knox earn it. I've, I like what I've seen from Knox so far, but yeah, make Knox beat you. Beat this guy. Yep. You take those minutes. Just keep what you kill right now, man. If okay. you're trying to go for the 30 wins or the 32, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go for the best team and then make him earn it.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and, man. All right, uh, right. Let's go the next call up. Aaron from Kentucky wants to talk about RJ and Knox's performances in the Summer League. Aaron, how you doing?
8: i'm good man thanks for taking my phone call uh i love what y'all do with the show man i just uh discovered it probably about a month ago man it's just uh it's really good to like go to something that you know where it's positive vibes man on the the new york knicks besides what comes on espn with Stephen A. smith and (laughs) then man
3: good stuff man appreciate it yeah but uh
8: yeah no problem man uh my thing with R.J. Barrett, man, uh, I'm like, like a Knicks fan, man. I'm also a diehard Duke fan. Uh, I watched uh, R.J. Barrett since he was a sophomore in high school because uh, I pretty much knew he was uh, coming to Duke. And this dude, man, he just refuses to be average, man. Like, his work ethic, just like Zion's, man, those two together, bro, they would just – they they worked hard, man. And uh, I don't know if you ever watched the uh, game where he lit up the USA team uh, – for, like, almost 50 when he was playing for Canada. His shot looked good in that game. He had games this year at Duke where he uh, started out 5-for-5 at Virginia, who was the best defense in the country. I mean, his his shot can be there at times, but I do see where, like, you know, where he does need to work on it. I just think that, like, with his work ethic and stuff like that, man, he's going to refuse to be just average, man. He's going to be great in the NBA. And I think it's good because I think that's going to rub off on players like Kevin Knox who kinda needs that push sometimes. Yeah I think like at Kentucky and what he done last year, he kinda if he if he struggled may kinda phase to the corner and stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. man. But I did like what I've seen out of summer league with uh Kevin Knox being more aggressive. I think that's just uh RJ Barrett rubbing off on him with with stuff like that.
3: Okay. Appreciate the call, man. Good good points. And and you know, like like John said, it's it's gonna hitch on R J shot. You know, his ability to be uh, – uh, uh, and even free throws as well, man, because yeah. in, in college he only uh-huh. shot 67% from the strike. So even if he's going to be, you know, aggressive and get into the line, he's, he's got to get better at that as well. What do, you, what do you guys think? John, what do you think? Yeah,
4: absolutely. And look, and look the, the, the free throw shooter is one of the things i look at to yeah. determine whether or not a guy is a, is a good shooter or not. Because I think if you have that consistent form at the line – you can translate it. And I think Dennis Smith, is free throw mm-hmm. percentage, is not mm-hmm. great. And I think that reflects on his ability to hit jump shots consistently. You know, Knox last Knox year, his free throw percentage was disappointing. But I think we saw it got better at the end of the year. Yeah. So I'm not so worried about that. But you know, look, Barrett, you know, he has to get more consistent with his shooting form. If he does that, he's going to be a really good player. If he doesn't, he's going to be an okay player. And we'll see yeah. where it goes.
3: JL, is that what your take's on it?
7: I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same, man. Like, he just has to get in the gym. And get those reps up. I'm not sure if it's gonna happen this season. I'm hoping he's no. It won't. Season. It won't
4: happen yeah. this year.
7: Or like you saw how these this summer league people were kind of trying to. They, they needed a scouting report. They was leaving him open. They were trying to force him right, mm-hmm. but he kind of find ways to kind of attack closeouts correctly and even finish with his right hand. So he so he found ways to do things even though like people kind of game plan against him. So
3: you are hoping that can carry over. And eventually, like the, the shot falls. Yep, true, true indeed, man. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to North Carolina. Boogie's up. He wants to give his uh, feedback on the last game in the summer league. Boogie, how you doing, man?
1: Yo, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing on this Sunday, man? Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, yo! I'm really, really like liking and loving the direction where the team is at, man. Especially where they closed, man. But honestly, to myself, man, the way I was looking at things and just trying to put together a roster, we need to have a top two bench in the East. And I'm really liking Peyton, and I'm really liking RJ, and I'm really liking Knox, and I'm really liking Morris, and I'm really liking Randall as a five. That's a solid five, and we good on defense. Coming off that bench, I like ISO and DSJ. I like Iggy, the dude that we just got from um, from Washington. He played with Washington. I I can't think of his name; he's slipping my mind. And Mitch, I like that five that just come in and just raise a whole bunch of habits, man. That I can't, I can't really hear y'all. Y'all going? Sorry, Portis, Portis. That, oh, that's it. Yeah. I like that 10 right there. See, some of them guys, he, see, um, fans don't have to do a whole lot of figuring. Some of them guys are getting paid to be there to show leadership. They're not getting paid to really get on that court. And they also get paid, you know what I'm saying, to keep our money our money straight. So I don't look for all of us, you know, to be getting a whole lot of run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think he's just going to go with a solid 10 unless we get down to something towards a playoff run then he'll really, really figure out what he really, really has. But I believe Peyton, like I said once before, $8 million is a lot of money for him to just be coming off that bench. And Morris is not coming off that bench with fifteen, but RJ and Knox, I like them at the two and three. And you got to put Randall in there. The rest of them guys, man, they gonna come in and run, play hard D, and you know what I'm saying get the crowd involved and all yeah. that. I look for them to raise havoc, man. Okay. But I really like the direction we going with the Knicks. I'm loving it, man. All
3: right, Pre- appreciate the call, Boogie, man. Um, I I agree with some of his points in in that I don't see Gibson and Ellington needing a lot of minutes. Especially Gibson, I, I feel like Gibson is really going to fill that DeAndre Jordan role to really be there for Mitch, help these young guys be more professional, you know, help them prepare. You know, yeah. obviously, obviously he didn't he didn't have a terrible year last year, but he, obviously he's he's not who he once was in the Chicago days. But um, somebody's going to have to slide out. I don't see Mitch sliding out of the, that that top five. I, I mean, John, it, it damn near seems like they they're gearing up for Mitch to be that the franchise center, man, they, they just said the other day that he was untouchable in, in the AD trade. So I, I don't see sure? Mitch sliding out that top five. We, we need to start with his defense.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's got defensive player of the year type of potential. And, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert is the elite shot-blocking, rim-protecting center in the league, and he's fantastic. But, you know, Mitch is a lot more mobile than him. You know, the one thing that Gobert has issues with in the playoffs when they play teams like the Rockets, right, he can't switch. So mm-hmm. they run the high screen. He switches on Harden and, and, and Harden and toasts him well. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson can actually guard guards on switches yeah. up top. So I think his defensive potential is darn near unlimited. But I think – let me ask you guys this question because I've been thinking about this and I don't have a good answer for it. Maybe you guys do. Mm-hmm. You figure what? They're going to be an 11-man rotation consistently? You figure something like that?
5: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So
4: what three or four guys do you think are going to be out of the rotation and not playing?
3: Go ahead, Jails. Who, who do you think, Jails?
7: I don't know, man. Like, you think ties off the jump. You think
3: Ellerton off the jump. I think Frank. I think you got to put Frank. I think in Frank's there. out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank, of Frank, you don't know. Like, Frank. And maybe even Dotson, ah. man. Dot's my guy. I'm not sure if Dotson can crack that rope because Iso is going to play. I don't see Iso not playing. Yeah. I don't see him not playing. I, I think your guards are going to be DSJ, Peyton, Iso. You're going to have Barrett. Um, uh, ISO, you know he can run the two as well, and it, and it, and I, and, I, and it makes me weird because you know you know
7: I always bring free dot. I love Dotson, man. Yeah, I, I love Dotson. I I feel like Dotson fits better with fits better with the teams, but people have more have higher ceilings, so then it like it kind of messes messes with his values. Like, how are you gonna play a guy who fits better but not have the highest ceiling? So it kind of messes him up.
4: Well, the other thing, too, I want to bring up, and I think a lot of the guys you mentioned that won't play, I think they're also some of the best defenders on the team. Yeah, exactly. That's something else I had a problem with Fizzo last year, too. You know, he complained about how the team didn't play defense, and then he didn't play any of his good defense.
3: Right, right, right.
4: (laughs) Time and time again. So, you know, Bobby Portis, as much as he can score, he's a – he's terrible defensively. He's he's legitimately bad. Julius Randle's not very good defensively. We know Barrett and Knox are probably going to struggle defensively early on in their careers, right? Wayne Ellington's not a defender. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. is okay. Is he great? No. So are we going to get back to not caring about defense again? That's, that's why it's it's it's, 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 just, it's really hard. It's tough. It's really, really hard for Fizzo this year. It's not going to be easy for him.
7: And that's why I even think – because I feel like Fizzo likes defenses, it's defensive centers. So every time I think about lineups, I'm like, yo, Tosh Gibson's not going to play. And then I think, wait, we don't have a defensive center. Right. Outside like, right. It's like a real drop-off. It's like, okay, well, then do you play – what Taj or this like how does this work like I don't know man it's the team is is built very weird like I I keep saying this I've been saying this all summer like the team is built weird man there's a lot of potential here but people have to actually get better for in certain areas for this to really make sense
3: yeah I mean I I think you're gonna have to go to Taj in those nights when you're going up against you know Gobert and You know, Hassan Whiteside or somebody like that. He's probably next to Mitch. He's probably the next tallest big on the team and and the best defender on the team. And we just don't know yet. Like I was saying with Mitch, I I don't think you want to just throw him in there for a 45 minute a night, you know, 82 game load. You still don't know how he's going to hold up durability-wise. And also, can he stay disciplined from a fouling standpoint? That was one of the things he didn't really do in summer league. I know you get 10 bullets t- to use, and, and you know they were using it. But uh, you just don't know how well Mitch is, is going to handle a full-time job next season. And by the
4: way, I'll throw this out there, too. Last year, at the end of the games with the Timberwolves, they were putting Todd Gibson on the other team's best player. Mm-hmm. Even if that player was a wing, Like he would guard LeBron down the stretch. He would mm-hmm. guard Durant down the stretch of these games. So he is a legitimately really, really good defensive player. And I think as a team defender, too, teaching these young guys how to rotate, right. how to help, right. and how to instinctually do the right things. Right. I think having him on the floor to do that yeah. is a lot more valuable than having him on the bench telling them in practice how to do it. If they see him do it on the floor, yeah. I think that's a much bigger impact than just telling him in practice.
3: Yeah. Uh, apparently we had a guy named joe noah that was a guy that we we wanted to <laughs> slot into that role but apparently new york was too lit for him jl's he couldn't handle it. <laughs> he, he took off and ran into the jungles and and bleached his hair blonde and you know for some spiritual awakening or something i don't know man yeah, is he signed yet? Nah, <laughs> good good riddance man good riddance oh. man but but john i figure you gotta run man but so um, it, you know what
4: if you if you want to go another five minutes i can do it
3: okay cool cool, all, cool. Right, okay. all right so we got john for another five minutes next up let's go to uh moses from new york he wants to talk about the Knicks' overall team and the summer league performances. Moses, how you feeling, bro?
6: I'm doing fine, thank you. How y'all doing?
3: Good, good. What's going on?
6: All right, well, let me tell you something. Let me start from scratch. You want to know why New Yorks stink for many years?
3: Mm-hmm. You
6: want to know what's the main reason why? Why New Yorkers don't have patience to build a team. you got to have patience to build a team. And that's what Scott Perry and... Uh, Steve mills is doing. I like, uh, even though I like Barrett, well, you w- we just got him, so I would say give him some time. And we, I like Knox developing. I like, I, um, to me, I would say go with the youth movement because no matter how many times you try to get big stars, you always end up failing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, your opinion? Yeah. So your opinion? What What's your opinion about uh about what's his name about? Dennis Smith Jr. Do you think this, with him and the rest, the rest of the guys on the roster, I would say, do you think? To me, I feel like I'll be shocked if they actually make it to the playoff and the sixth seed. I'll be shocked. Thanks for taking my call. All
3: right, pres- appreciate the call, Moses John. I'll, I'll let you kick that off. Yeah, I mean, they're
4: not getting the sixth seed. Um, they're just not, which is fine. Um, I think Dennis Smith Jr. Like I said, is a is a swing player for the team and. You know, just to his larger point, I think Nick fans are willing to be patient. And I think that's kind of been a bad rap for all New York sports fans over the course of the years, that, oh, they need to win now. They're not willing to rebuild and be patient all that stuff. But I think it's nonsense. I think it's always been nonsense. And that being said, you can't just, you know, keep drafting in the top ten and expect, oh, well, you'll you'll find the start will happen. I mean, you can go through the teams, guys. There have been teams that have been drafting in the top ten for a decade, and the best player they've gotten is a borderline all-star yeah. out of the deal. So, it's hard. So it's tough. Wow. No, you don't go for the quick fix right away, but no. literally on average, there's three or four truly difference-making players in each NBA draft. There's 60 guys picked. Three or four are yeah. true difference-makers. That's it. Yeah. So while it's, you know, cool to say quick fix and all this stuff, that's great. It's not quick fix. You're guaranteeing your result. Yeah. If you're signing a star in free agency, you know what you're getting. You know, <laughs> if you're drafting a guy, I don't care where you're drafting him, you don't know what you're getting. You know, these guys, yeah. the way they go from college to pro you don't know. But if you go out and you sign a free agent, is it a quick fix? You want to call it that? Fine. I don't care. You know the guy's a really good NBA player. And I think, you know, I said it before, that's what the Knicks now have to focus on going forward. Maximize their opportunities to find difference makers, whether it's the draft or else-wise, that's how they. That's how they have to do it.
3: Yeah, and, and that was a good article that, that you had wrote. I, I was reading that one last night as well. It's, it's, it's a crapshoot, man. It's a very tough thing. But at the end of the day, as you said, we, we have to continue to build on these assets, acquire these assets, and and hopefully develop some of these talents. Yeah, they may not be the superstar that we need, but they may be the guys like, you know, I hate to bring the Nets up, but the, the guys like some of the Nets have that were able to get them up to that 40-win mark into yeah, the Dinwiddie. playoffs. Right, the Dinwiddies, the Joe Harris's of the world, right? That, or you so that, even look
7: at the Raptors too.
3: Oh, yeah. the Raptors as well. The Raptors yep. as well. So that when these superstars do come, they can make a complete team and eventually compete for something real. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, here's the thing. At the end of the
7: day, if we do draft well and we keep cap flexibility, we have cheap, talented guys, I f- sustaining winning would be... Easier, you know. What I mean, we'd be able to long more long term than just pulling all our money and all big name free agents. So, like, we just have. I guess that's what the, I felt that's what the Knicks are trying to kind of do right now. Just show that we can win. Show that that we do have a system. Hopefully, then come on to this uh, and, and <laughs> develop these guys. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we know what Knicks aren't as bad. We, they do have a plan. They do have young guys who promise. See, it works with these people, guys. So now, if we take out. Uh, Morris and add an all-star there, then maybe some noise can be had. <laughs> Zach
4: Lowe used the term
7: proof of concept,
4: and that's what the
7: Nets had. They had proof of concept. Mm-hmm.
4: They showed that they could develop guys, they could draft well, and they could take a team with no high draft picks and no stars and turn it into a playoff team. The Knicks have to show they can do that, so star players are willing to put their trust in the organization.
3: I mean, listen, the guy didn't even take a meeting with the Nets, JLS. <laughs> He basically announced on Instagram, and the Nets was like, oh, we got this guy. The guy <laughs> didn't even need a meeting to make his decision. I mean, remember, he said he he told Chris Haynes, I'm talking about KD. He told Chris Haynes, I can't be recruited. There's no pitch. There's no nothing that you can do. So he's he was watching from afar all these moves that were being made. Obviously, yeah, he wanted to play with Kyrie, but the the Nets just made the most sense that fit his goals, and we just weren't ready yet. And that was the reality of the situation. Just get ready. <laughs> and be,
4: be ready in 2021. That's your next shot. You have two years to get ready. Be ready. And be a destination. That's all they can do. Yeah, man.
3: Can only hope, man. Um, John, how you doing? One more or you, you got to cut? I can do one more call. All right. Here we go. My man Ari from Manhattan's up. He wants to talk about RJ Fizz and the potential starting lineup. Ari, how are you doing, bro?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Good. How you doing? All right. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had to take a little break from the phone lines after my last call. I was
3: oh. pretty. Uh, <laughs>
2: I got it pretty bad after that one. But
9: uh,
10: John, <laughs> John, Ari, Ari had a meltdown from um, free agency.
3: Man, we had to talk yeah, him off sorry, the Ari, it, it was, was a rough one.
4: Uh,
9: I, I feel for you, bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it happened. Um, well, I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, first of all, I agree with everything that John is saying with regards to David Fisdale. I've been saying this for such a long time already. He had no, he held no one accountable for anything, whether they would take bad shots or any, or if they didn't play defense or anything like that. You know, he gave Kevin Knox the starting job like right off the bat. Um, I think this year we should learn from our mistakes from last year, and I feel like the two biggest mistakes that our front office made is that they they mismanaged expectations and they didn't the culture was more built towards like coddling young guys as opposed to earning your spot, which is why I kind of think that um, everyone besides Mitch who already earned it and Julius Randle, one through three, I think you got to go to training camp and have all the spots open, and whoever earns it through training camp should take the spot. Um, that's just what I personally think. And I also think that R.J. Barrett, if it was me, I wouldn't start R.J. Barrett because... You know, again, they want to manage the expectations. And I, I kind of feel like it was good that he, he had two really poor showings in Summer League because now everyone thinks he thought he was a bust and his expectations, he like lowered his expectations himself. But I feel like for him, it's better for him to go against the second unit guys, um, earn his spot like, um, you know, like anyone else in any other employment, you know, whatever job you have, you have to earn your spot. You don't just get it. And, um, I think that's the way that you build the culture by earning your spot, um creating a competition, and um the best man wins. and if you if you if you can't get the starting job, you don't have the minutes, you got to level up and get better. Uh, what do you guys think yeah, about I that? Think, I,
4: think, I think to your point, Ari though, that means you shouldn't artificially just put him on the bench either. like it, that 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 to me is just as bad as saying you're starting no matter what than saying you're on the bench, no matter what. you know what I mean. And I think if he shows that he's the best player, he should start. If he shows that he's not, then, okay, you don't want to start him. I get it. That's fine. But I, I think you have to give him a legitimate shot to to earn the job. And would I be surprised if they decide that he's a better player than Alonzo Trier and, uh, you know uh, – Dotson. Uh, yeah, Dotson and all those guys. Absolutely not. So I would have no problem if Barrett earns it for him to be the – uh, for him to be a, a, a starting wing on the team. i have no problem with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a fair point. You know, I think as of right now – I mean, listen. If he goes into training camp and he outperforms everybody else, of course, and he deserves it, he deserves it. But you know, my concern with him, I, was, I think he, I think, I think he has a very high floor. I think no matter what, even if he never learns how to shoot, the way he could pass, the way his playmaking ability, just his hustle, he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be an asset for the team regardless. But I'm a little concerned about his his ceiling to the to the extent that he's not quick enough to like. uh, take it to the rim, like Russell Westbrook or Derrick Rose or John Wall or basically anybody else who can't shoot. But he also can't shoot lights out. So he's stuck in the spot where it's like it's going to be hard for him to get to the rim against, like, you know, playoff teams and, like, NBA real quality NBA starters. But he doesn't have a jump shot that he can rely on. So I feel like for him, if he really wants to, you know – He's gonna have a hard. I feel like he's gonna have a hard time, like being the go-to scorer on a team unless he really learns how to shoot. Because I don't, I don't think he has the explosiveness that a lot of the other guys who can't shoot have.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, look, he has to shoot and he has to ahead, defend. Those, those, those are the two things he has to do: shoot and defend. And if he can figure out those two things, he'll be good. Uh, to me, his low outcome when he got drafted, I thought was an Evan Turner type. Like if he never learns how to shoot, but he can still kind of pass a little bit, be that kind of point forward. I thought that. That, to me, is his lowest floor outcome as an Evan Turner type of player. I think he's going to be a lot better than that. But I think body type, athleticism, you know, pass-first type of guy, not, does not, not a great shooter. You know, that, to me, is his floor. I think he's going to be a lot better than that because, what the call said before, I think he's a hard worker he will get a shot better. Um, but, look, I think you give him every opportunity to, to win the starting spot. And, quite frankly, you know, who do you really trust to handle the ball on this team besides Dennis Smith Jr. and yeah. Alfred Payton? You need a secondary ball handler – Knox, to me, is always going to be more of a finisher than he is a creator, which is fine. You know, to me, I still think Tobias Harris is a really good comparison for him. You don't want Tobias Harris handling the ball, but he's a good finisher, whether it's in jumpers or drives or whatever. So I I think it makes sense that if Barrett's going to be your, you know, secondary ball handler, I I have no problem. Uh,
3: JL, I said this on another show. I said you need... Uh, uh, help moving the ball. And I think, I don't see RJ having trouble getting that starting spot. I I just don't see it. Number one, I think Isil's better suited off the bench. And number two, Dotson, he's not a creator. I I like his, his on-ball defense. I like his three-point shooting efficiency. But other than that, I see him as well as a bench player. But with RJ, you need assistance moving that ball Especially with DSJ out there, with Randall, if if Knox is starting as well, Mitch as well, you you need help getting that that ball movement going. And and as we've seen, they want extra looks at RJ as a playmaker with the ball in his hands. So well, we'll see what happens. I mean, in terms of the jump shot, he, he's just getting started. We got to give this guy some time getting the gym. It's gonna take years. It's It'll gonna take, years take a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, but but also I think with his size, yeah, he might not have the athleticism. But we'll see if, if he can find ways to be more crafty, use his body, use his size to get in the paint and, and you know, be, be crafty and draw that that. And content. by the
4: way, to that point, we saw him flash that Euro step in Summer League. Right. Too, man. He had a couple of those. Nice one. Nice.
3: Yeah, he had a nice one. Yeah. Like, it's all, like to me,
7: if he's going to be a successful, it's going to be bully Or He's going to be a bully, bully baller. Baller. If, if We'll see if that's going to work on the next level. Because, like, he heard me all year. I've had the same concerns, obviously. Arby's had, but um, if he seemed to have gotten by in summer league. I, I just want to see what he happens in during the during the the actual season. But it seems like he might be able to get by doing his little bully ball, his bully ball, um routine. Drawing fouls will be huge for us if you can just get a lot of points drawing fouls I and mean, into the foul line a lot, and then kind of just you know reading the defense and getting other guys shots because he's done that a lot for the summer league as well. That, that'll be a nice little antidote to have as a secondary ball handler on the team
3: true indeed man um so john this is probably it right yeah i gotta roll boys i appreciate the
4: time today this was fun i like, will happy to do it again whenever you want
3: absolutely man just just let the uh the viewers know where they can find you at and and you know plug whatever your latest content is
4: absolutely you find me on twitter at schmelt that's s-c-h-m-2-e's l-k uh wfn.com you got my next blog and then uh, make sure if you're a big Nick fan, subscribe to my podcast. It's called The Bank Shot. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, pretty much all your favorite podcast platforms. I'm going to talk to Mark Berman and do kind of an off-season review on Monday morning. That'll be up on Monday. We got a bunch of stuff, too, uh, from the past couple months as in this kind of went through their off-season. So it's called The Bank Shot, the Knicks Podcast. Make sure you check it out. John,
3: right. Schmeel, thanks a lot for your time, man. Really appreciate yeah. it, man. Anytime, yeah. boys. All right, you have a good one. You and too. and Dave and TM in the chat just – um. If you can just throw John's Twitter Twitter handle up in the chat so people can find him, definitely appreciate uh, all the time that John gave us. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. If you guys are new, hit that subscribe button. This yep. is uh, this is the Knicks Talk, man. Last live stream before we uh, take a break. We need a break, JLs, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah, man. Definitely a break. <laughs>
7: last live stream. I'm doing my last show today, too, before taking take a break.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, absolutely man all right let me just reset some screens here thanks again to john smilk let's go to a call while i while i readjust everything um nate from rochester is up wants to talk about the good and bad of summer league nate how you feeling bro what up guys how you doing good man how you doing
10: all right i'm good uh yeah with the summer league uh i think we saw some good things uh Especially, I think you guys touched on it how, um, uh, Knox, RJ, and Ignis, uh, uh Iggy were mm-hmm. all, they were all really good at passing mm-hmm. the summer league. And I think that's something that we should really take note of because I remember I was listening to the, uh, Nick's Film School podcast and he noted, um, uh, one of the guests he had, uh, Jonathan Magri, uh, how we were like the lowest passing team in the league and it kind of like translated like how, like how bad our offense was. Yep. So, just to see, like, those guys, like, progressing. Especially RJ, how he was feeding Mitch. Cause, I like that, Like, yeah. besides uh, Trier, nobody was really, like, passing the Mitch down low when he had a mismatch, and it kind of kind of got to me. So, just seeing RJ do that, like, consistently was really good to see. Mm-hmm. I was really ha- happy to see that from him.
3: Yeah, um, yep, I agree with you, man. And then, uh,
10: what else? And then uh, some of the bad. Knox? Knox was good this summer league, but what I want – And especially I like to see his passing improve. Mm -hmm. But his defense, I really didn't like. He started to like gamble on some steals. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was kind of like, it looked like he was trying more, but he was going for some bad steals and he kind of got burned by them. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it's something I kind of saw. And I kind of hope he doesn't pick up that habit.
3: Yeah, I noticed but, it a few um, times in in, in, in watching him when I was out there. I definitely noticed it a little bit. I mean, we all know in the defensive end is is where his most his biggest challenge is going to come, right? Because it's like, yeah. how is he going to keep up with some of the faster wings? And um, he's he's definitely bulking up. So obviously, it, is he preparing for that uh, small ball four role, which may open up for him um, some point, you know, down down the road?
10: Yeah, and then um, I guess. That- I never thought Knox was going to be like a good defender, like, mm-hmm. but like we we can hide Knox, like if we have like a four people around him, especially like on like a small guard is a lot harder to hide than like a kind of like a wing. You know what I mean?
7: Mm-hmm.
10: And then you know uh, my last point is um, oh go ahead, uh, go J- ahead, Jace.
7: Oh, i so, you know I I have faith, man. Like the the way he's been reading the offense um so quickly, it gives me a little faith that maybe not this season, but maybe next season, like, he'll be able to read the defense just as quickly as he's reading the offense. Like, I I, I have hope that he can be a decent team defender by the end of uh, next season.
10: That's that's the hope. Um, last point real quick, and then I'll let you guys go. Uh, my kind of main concern for, like, this upcoming season, and, like, we did get better at shooting, but especially at Our point guard position, we still don't really have, like, any shooting coming from there. So, I kind of worry how our spacing is going to be, like, especially in the starting line, because ESJ or Payton are probably going to start this year. And then we're going to have RJ and uh, Mitch and even Julius Randall. I'm not sure how he's a shooter. I haven't seen him, like, play much. But, like, there's not a lot of spacing in that lineup. We definitely have a lot of shooting off the bench, but I kind of want to see, like, how Fizdale kind of operates with that. Like, that's all I got, guys. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Jails. Thanks, Nate.
7: That's why, I, that's why I keep saying that to me, Dotson is the best fit on the team because of his shooting and able to keep other guys honest and, and also able to play defense. But the other guys have a better all around ceiling and skill set. So it's, it's hard. The team doesn't really fit perfectly uh, as of now. Now, Dennis Smith Jr. can actually shoot some jumpers next to Arjun, and that solves a lot of problems off the bat. You know what I mean? So, but it's it's going to be rough. We we just got to hope. We got to hope that somebody got better at something in the offseason.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree, man. It's definitely like I said. I'm I'm having high hopes for DSJ. You know, we have no other choice, man. We we don't have the the bonafide point guard that we need on on this team. And DSJ, he's a lottery pick. He's coming into his third season. I hope that they can really help him maximize on his potential. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man! Shout out to everybody watching. Once again, we got uh, about four hundred people watching. So salute to everybody. CP from Knicks Fan TV, my man JL from the Nick at Time Show. All right, let's take a um, couple more calls and then we'll wrap up. Um, Val from Jerseys up next wants to talk about Kevin Knox's progression in the summer league. Val, how you doing, bro? Yeah, for you. I
1: have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Now that you see how our assets looking, RJ bat look.
2: Do you guys feel much
3: better not drafting overweight Zion? Oh well, that's still left to be seen. You know, it's Zion crazy. hasn't really shown. It's still too early. Like you know, we haven't really seen him. We haven't seen him since since last Friday in that in that uh, little showcase game. He, he banged knees with somebody. They are now saying that he's been out of shape. Uh, so it's hard to tell. We, we just don't know what, what Zion is going to be yet. So very early, very early
2: so if you could roll the dice right now, go back to draft night and have mm-hmm. the number one pick, would you take RJ or Zion in all honesty after seeing what RJ is capable of and what Zion's projected to be
11: allegedly?
7: <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm still taking Zion. Number one. You would yeah. take RJ? I mean, I, I would still have to take Zion number one just because of the prospects. I mean, at the wow. end of the day, you know, I think RJ may slot out to be a more well-rounded player. Um, but Zion, I, you just don't know yet, you know. Zion could really be a superstar, man, and, and we just don't know what his impact is going to be on the league yet. Well, I, one thing I do know is, is this dude is strong as a bull, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something, yeah, Jails. One on one, race to the cup. You know, he, he's going to get his points. I just don't know how that's going to hold up over the course of his career because it's yeah. so much power on those yeah. knees. It's so oh, much oh, power on those knees, yeah. man. I just, I'm not too sure. Yeah. I'm not gotta, too sure, bro. You got to drop weight. You got to drop Yeah. All right, Val. Th- thanks for the call, man. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, always appreciate it, Val. Always appreciate it. All right, let's go to um two more calls. Let's go to Matt from Charlotte. He wants to talk about the uh, potential starting five. and He says he, he wanted to trade for-, for Westbrook. This is Matthew Willard from the chat, right? Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, CP? How you doing, bro?
9: Hello. Yep, glad to be here. Hey, I, I know I hit I, I hit you up on the Instagram and ask you about that too. So mm-hmm. I I'm just gonna I going to harp on it for a little bit and then get off it because obviously it's over with. Mm-hmm. You, ain't, you ain't gonna do it now, but I just thought they should I thought they should have did their due diligence because I mean, if you think about it, right now we got a log jam at the point guard and everything. But I mean, I'm 44. I want some relevancy. I know you gotta be patient and everything, but man, I mean. What are we doing? So, to me, I know you always talk about the win, 29. So, hey, I'm cool with tanking the game. We might as well tank. You don't want to hit tank. So, we might as well win. If we're trying to win, why not? They didn't even, even look into that because, obviously, the AD trade would have got fleet. But that they could have traded, like, maybe DSJ and just, you know, one. You know, at least, you like you said, draw a line in the stands. Hey, man, we'll give you DSJ and some other backup guys. It was more of a salary though.
3: I even yeah, but see, see, Matthew J. Ellis, man, he's he's coming up with the two K trade. You can't do God that, Matthew, man. You, uh, man. you can't uh, do that, bro. Go ahead, J. Ellis, man. First, first and foremost, there's
7: something called salary cap, right? Right. <laughs> my man, my man Westbrook, he makes forty four million, like around forty million dollars in the next what four years or so. Like that's gonna destroy us, man. And you consider, you you, you have to consider that he was on OKC. With Paul George and he still couldn't get out the first round. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to trade half our assets to bring him here and think he's going to get it done on the East. Like I'm not for that. I'm for, you know what? Maybe we got something in DSJ. You can be maybe not at Westbrook level, but something pretty damn good and won't cost us $44 million a year.
3: (laughs) Matthew, man. Relevancy means nothing. This is this is this is why we never made it anywhere, Matthew, is is striving for relevancy. This is why we dumped everybody for mellow. This is why we got stat with no insurance on those knees. This is why we, we mortgaged everything for Stefan Marbury. It's trying to stay relevant, trying to keep the the marquee names in here, JLs, and, and sell tickets and all that. That's not and you know you know what's so funny too, J. Ellis, is that I'm even I even heard these established media members talking about, oh yeah, the Knicks should have done that to, to, to stay relevant. They needed a big name, heck? like bro, <laughs> I don't understand. It. I don't understand. I don't understand how they make fun of us for doing the same moves over and over again, and then right. they don't do it. They suggest. Oh, they that. they should go get Westbrook. So they, they need a guy in there. They need a name. No, we don't need a name. We no, need to we win. We need Why? to win, man. like what Listen, man. There are no more boneheaded trades to be made, people. There's no more mellow trade to be made. We didn't trade for 80, thank God. We didn't trade for Westbrook, thank God. We're not trading for Bradley Beal. I you know, I don't know who the next disgruntled guy is going to be. My man, Dame Dollars, who I always love, he just got his bag, so he's not going nowhere. Yeah. We got to stop chasing, man. We got to look from within. Matthew, I know you want some wins, but this is the road. This is the road. It's not a guaranteed road, but this is the path to to our success. It's through building from within. Let's create our mm-hmm. own stars. Why are we chasing everybody else's disgruntled, halfway beaten down stars? Yeah, man. It's just not it's just not time. It's not time for the It's not stars. our time, man. It's not it's
7: our not time. time. We gotta be patient, JLs. There might be a time when, you know, when we're hitting that forty min mark or so that and we have a bunch of access. there Right.
3: right. Then you, you can sacrifice right. somebody to, to bring somebody else in because the team is strong. Because the, the foundation is still strong. Exactly. We, we still have to build that foundation, people. So, stay patient. JL, let's play a game of fill in the blank, man. All right. So, we're switching up the Q&As to include fill in the blanks. And and I posed these questions to uh, my channel. And here's some of the responses. We picked out our three favorite questions. So let's play fill in the blank. And people in the chat, uh, please play along. So, the first one... Dotson, Robinson, Knox, Nilekina, DSJ, Jails. Who's the most improved player for next season? Who will be the most improved player for next season? Dotson, Mitch, Knox, Frank, or DSJ? Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with DSJ.
7: I'm, I'm, I'm a to hope. I'm going to see Kool-Aid. Okay. I'm going to say Kool-Aid that what he's been saying, he, DSJ gets better. I've seen a lot of Knox in the summer league and he's been dominating but i've seen what he's been doing at the end of last season and i feel like it's not gonna be such a huge jump for, for for not for uh mitch but if dsj got his weight down and can shoot it might be more of a glaring jump especially considering he wasn't that good when he got traded like i feel like he actually got worse from dallas so i'm i'm I'm
3: rolling dice on dsj i'm i'm going dsj as well man i'm going dsj he's been in the gym with cp3 he's working on his game he's been talking a good game he's he's coming with a chip on the shoulder man he's coming with a chip on the shoulder he, he hears the doubters and um i i want to see him improving his three-point shooting obviously his overall field goal efficiency needs to improve Mm-hmm. um and just really just showing that he can he can really take this team as his own and, and run this offense and swag out out there and dunk on somebody you know dunk on Draymond Green when he comes into the garden talking mess you, you know what I mean I feel like he, the mentals is there he just got to put it all together man mm-hmm. he just has to put it all together and I think you know Daryl Kane in the chat says DSJ most improved means playoffs and uh, like I said I don't want to throw that p-word out there but if they do It's going to be on the back of of DSJ. Yeah, guard
7: play, man. Guard play is going to be huge for us.
3: Yeah. Well, let's see what some people in the chat say in in terms of uh, who most improved would be. I see a lot of DSJ. Yao Song says Frankie's going to surprise.
7: If he gets minutes.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Stro Swift 10. Shout out to Stro Mile Swift. He says Knox or DSJ. Okay. John Talento says Mitch. I see one Knox. EJ one. Reg Isis, uh, Mitch, all day. Uh, i see say for the most part, it's DSJ. Siobhan Robinson, DSJ. Ricky King, DSJ. Okay. All right, here we go. Next question. We got to this one a little bit earlier, but Anthony Calamari, interesting last name, says the starting lineup will be. Give me, give me your starting lineups. People in the chat, throw ah. your starting lineups in there and in the comment section. J. Ellis, your starting lineup will be. It's reluctantly DSJ,
7: RJ, Morris, Randall, Mitch. Like, the shooting, man. The shooting scares the crap out of me. The defense. I like what I've seen from RJ The um towards the last three games. Off-ball defense needs to be a lot better. But, like, man, somebody got to shoot. Somebody has to shoot. And then
3: somebody somebody, shoot. guard has to shoot,
7: man. Somebody yeah. has to make a jumper.
3: Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm going DSJ. I'm going RJ. I'm going Knox at the three. Okay. And, and maybe, you know, we, we, we do make all this this fuss about who starts. But, you know, it's all about who finishes the game, right? Maybe maybe you do start Knox, and maybe in a crunch time pressure situation, you go to Marcus Morris if, if you know, you want a more steady hand to, to try to get some buckets and, and defensive stops, JLs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe you get Mar- Marcus Morris ends up playing more minutes over the stretch of the game and then finishes Randall of course At the four Mitch Mitch is the five You know Mitch, not yet. Mitch is the five He can handle it He can play small ball He can play big Doesn't matter Money Mitch Is the guy What do you guys think In the chat man Who, Who's your starting five man? Who, who's your starting five Somebody says My next card Has been revoked Somebody didn't like Somebody didn't like uh, I guess somebody wanted Morris to start Well let's see We'll uh, see your starting <laughs> fives uh, Reg Ice agrees with me Regis Uh agrees with me. John Talento says Mitch Randall, Morris, Barrett, Payton. That's that's your ideal lineup, JLs.
7: It's still the same problem. It's still the same shooting problem.
3: (laughs) Diehard Knicks fan has Morris in there. Rich Jim has Morris in there. Let's see. Sammy SoSo says, my my Knicks card has been revoked. I guess he liked Morris. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Quiet money has Morris in there. A lot of you guys got Morris in there. EJ one starting Portis. Okay, EJ threw the threw the wild card out there. Oh, oh, can I get my wild card lineup? Yeah, go ahead. Who's your, who's your wild card? Wild card lineup. Yep, Pey- Peyton, Dotson, Morris, Randall, Mitch. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And shout out to whole team Dot too, man. Speaking of Mitch, um, Dave was out there at the Nate Robinson kickball and dodgeball game. He went to go interview Dotson. What's the first thing Dotson says? Oh, you the guys that are cool with Mitch. Brand is strong, JLs. And shout That's out Dotson. Part. Dotson threw us a shout out as well, man. I'm going to throw that video up on, on Twitter and and, uh, and YouTube and all that a little bit later. But shout out to Dotson. The whole team is strong with the brand, JLs. We, we out of yeah. here, man. Yeah, shout out to Dave for covering that as well. Okay, last question is from Robin Chowdhury from uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He says, Blank will be the best player on the Knicks this upcoming season, Jails. Who will be the best player? We said we said DSJ was going to be most improved, but who That's will be the best player? Julius freaking Randle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julius Randle, man. Julius
7: Randle not, is not going to have anybody – in front of him uh he's been super efficient and high volume like we talked about earlier you can definitely hit up hit 22 24 around that again game and be efficient it's just the defense man it all has to do with defense this season and hopefully coach Fisdale can coach him on a defensive end
3: I agree I think Randall will be the best I think the offense is going to run through him he he's gonna be the he's gonna be our go to guy. If if Mitch would have show me some more uh, from the offensive side of things, I think it could be Mitch. It just all depends on how active the, the guards get him. You know what I mean? How involved the guards get him. Obviously on the defensive end, Mitch will be our guy. But from a scoring standpoint, he's not gonna be able to to match what Randall's gonna give us. I think Randall's gonna easily give us you know twenty and seven type type games on a, on a constant basis. So I think Julius Randall. Will be all. We'll Will be our best player, man. What do you guys think in the chat? Who's who's gonna be the best player on the Knicks this season? Mike Powell is twenty four and eleven for Julius. Twenty four and eleven. Hmm. Big big things. Big things. Big, big things are going. On, right? uh-huh, 11, uh-huh. eleven. Okay. <laughs> Greg says I think if Mitch starts shooting, it's over. Okay. Yeah, he got to shoot. Yep.
7: You got to take one shot, yeah.
3: man. Simmer Singh agrees. It's Randall. Willie B says Knox. Sammy Soso, Randall. A lot of Randalls in here. A lot, a lot of Randalls. Okay. All right, cool. Young Simba says Julius Randall. He, yeah, Young Simba likes the lefties. He, he likes that lefty matchup. I remember that <laughs> discussion during the draft. He, he's a lefty the All match. lefty squad yeah. right now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right, yeah, I think that's cool, J. I, was, I think we we could um keep these fill-in-the-blank segments going forward when we start up next season. Okay, I, I think, like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a way to you know, mix it up a little bit instead of just straight question and answer type of thing. Not
7: Philly, really, man. I like yeah,
3: it. man. Absolutely, man. So shout out for everybody who participated, and uh, shout out to everybody in the chat as well. Okay, last call of the day before we get out of here. Uh, back to North Carolina. It's Kevin. He wants to talk about replicating what the Clippers did last year. Kevin, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? Can I hear me? Yep, loud and clear, bro. What's going on? Okay, uh, I didn't want to get with
11: you opinions on what, what I'm saying with this, and uh, I want to get the chat's opinions too. -hmm. Um, Now I'm not saying we could do it like you know, you know, verbatim, but I think we could take the blueprint of what the Clippers did last season as a team and somewhat emulate it. I think it was a good combination of veteran presence, a little bit of youth, and then they had players that played for each other and played for their coach. I think Mm -hmm. when I when I when I break it down player by player comparison, you got you got. Gildress, a young rookie who played a, a decent season. I could play that. Maybe the RG has a good season. I think Pat Bev. I think that, you know, um, Peyton could be a great value version of him. <laughs> and then I great think, value. Uh, <laughs> yeah, He probably averaged the most in that team. You know, like, he probably put up like 20 something points. Maybe yeah. Julius Randle could be that far. And then you get a, a mix of veterans, a hard-nosed playing players like Marcus Morris. I think maybe we can, um, you know, maybe not playoffs, but maybe like fight for that H C, which I think about that
3: I think we should be able to fight for eight, man. I'm just let's let's take a quick look, man. I appreciate the call, Kevin. It's kind of staticky on your end, so I'm gonna mute your line, but um, I'll, I'll keep you on just to take a, a listen. Let me pull up the um, the east real quick, JLS, if you don't mind. All right. Let's let's pull this up here. Um, okay, so we had. Let me just make this a little bit bigger for those of you who need glasses. All right, here we go. So we had Milwaukee. You figure Milwaukee, and I think the Sixers are going to take the East. Well, you figure Milwaukee and the Sixers are going to um, vie for one and two, right? Yeah. Um, Toronto, I think they'll slide probably to, let's say, six, seven Hmm. range, right? They're still the champs. You got to respect them. Siakam, going to be a good player. They got Anobi coming back. I think they'll still be scrappy. Uh, I still think they'll play as a solid team and still defend fairly well, even though they, they're missing um um Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they won a fair amount of games with Adam. Right. I think they were like fifteen and five with Adam right. Like so fi- Right. So figure figure um Toronto will be in that mid tier, you know, five six. Um mm-hmm. Boston, you figure they'll they'll still be there. with Kemba. Yeah. Who else are they there? They got somebody else, right? Um they got Carson Edwards, who I love. They got the great Ian Cancer. Yeah, yeah, they got cannon too. <laughs> Boston, Boston will be in the mix. No doubt about it. Boston will definitely yeah, Boston be in the it. mix. Okay. Sure. Um, Pacers, when does Oladipo come back? Because that will be the tell, the telling sign of how what they do. They did get Brogdon, which is a good pickup for them. Yeah, they get Brogdon and they lose. Well, they lost uh, Bogdanovich. They lost Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Collison retired. Yeah. Where would Thaddeus Young go? Is Thaddeus Young still on there?
7: I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's he's like whatever anyway. But, like, you know, it, I think that all depends on Oladipo. If Oladipo comes back healthy, I think the what? Pacers will be in there. If not, I think they'll be vying for eight. Nets, Nets, obviously, you got to give them the respect coming off last year. We'll, we'll slot them in at the same six, seven-ish. You know what I mean? Right. Orlando Magic. They made the <laughs> seventh seed last year. They could go either way. You know, I don't. I don't think they were anything too crazy. That like, they're definitely returning. You know what I mean? Yeah.
7: Like, who did they? They just resigned their players. Did they lose anybody? I'm, I'm not sure. I gotta
3: tell you, I'm not too sure. And then Detroit. They got D Rose. Um, who else hmm. did they get? I think yeah, obviously D- Detroit should be back in there. Detroit should be back in there. Charlotte definitely not. They're gonna be one of the worst teams. Miami will, will obviously slide in there. The Heat. The Heat will be up in there with Jimmy Butler. That's right. I mean, somebody else is bumping out. And somebody else is bumping out. I like tr- think we should be able to at least hover around nine ten, man. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the mix
7: around nine. 10. You know
3: what I mean? I think we should be at least able to hover around nine ten, maybe flirt with eight at some point. Wizards, forget about it; they're trash. Bulls, no. Hawks, I don't think so. I don't think so. They could surprise.
7: The I like Hawks how... are a
3: little sleeper because of. Yeah. Um, I like how they finished the year, and I like how they drafted. Yeah. I like how they drafted. You don't know how
7: fast they're going to jail.
3: Yeah, I like how they finished the year, and I like how they drafted another the year Hawks. of Trey Young with Collins. We'll see yeah. what DeAndre Hunter brings. The Hawks, the Hawks to be scary. Yeah. The um, Hawks are Hornets <laughs> are going to be are going to be garbage. Wizards going to be garbage. Bulls going to be garbage. Cleveland yep. going to be garbage. I, yep. yo it's not out of the realm of possibility man don't not, sleep not that, mm, i'm not gonna put the p word out there but don't uh, sleep yeah <laughs> don't sleep you know we will, see. we will see yeah don't sleep man anything's possible like i said the pacers thing is key i don't think the magic are guaranteed anything that you know they're, they're not anything we're i think we have a better team than them on paper right now honestly yeah, they just
7: have that experience and I don't know, their sense of kind of like the kind of oh, uh, play to the play to the
3: top. Yeah. Natty says we're over we're underrating the Bulls a little bit. Think so? I don't I don't see it. Who who do they, who they got? Zach Levine? <laughs> oh, marketing like Zach Levine. Um, who do they draft? They drafted um who did the Bulls draft? It wasn't Culver, was it? Let's take take a look. Who's who on the Bulls? Different? Google, tell me who's on the Bulls. Oh, oh, they got Kobe White. They got Kobe White. Okay. Okay. Wendell Carter Jr., Chris Dunn, uh, Chandler Hutchinson, Zach Levine, Otto Porter. Yep. Oh, they got Thaddeus is on the Bulls. Thaddeus is on the Bulls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thaddeus is on the Bulls. Yeah. Eh, whatever, man. Uh, I don't, don't, nah, whatever, man. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. (laughs) So. That just a little, just a little peek into the window of possibility. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll do some more content on that.
7: Um, yeah,
3: I'm ten nine. Yeah, we're in the mix. Ten nine eight. A- absolutely, no,
7: man. ten nine. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna yeah,
3: to around me. there. We'll just, we'll just stop there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just take it, <laughs> take a little peek, take a little peek in the window, and then, and then, you know, dip <laughs> for a little bit. That, that's it, man. Keep our head down, do the work, see what happens. Yeah, a- absolutely, bro. <laughs> but um. Hey JLS man, it was a good year. Yeah man, it was it was a good year man. We had a solid full. This was our first full season, right? We we kicked it off from the open practice and, mm-hmm. and went straight through. No, from the draft. Remember we were at, at the draft last year. Word had the draft. My trash ass reception. Yeah yeah yeah. No, <laughs> we had the draft and then open practice. Uh, it was a good year, man. We had some great guests, man. We had we had Begley. We right. had Mark Berman. We yeah. had John Smilk who just joined us from Six Sixty. Moke Hamilton. Moke, Moke, yeah. Stepped it up. We we had um um Tommy Beard. Tommy Beer was a great show, man. Tommy was dope. Tommy, Tommy was a very good show. We had we had some scouts. We had Spencer Perlman scouts. We had um I had Brian Orringer on for scouting RJ. Right, and I We right. had um shout out my guys Nick's Film School, Macri JB. Always um um posting and toasting. Uh, Alex Wolf would fill in for you on Sundays. We had Swinney on. hmm Yeah, we had a good one, man. We moved yeah, the needle. We true. moved the needle a little bit, man. Yeah, man, we had some big moments. Yeah. KP trade. Mount <laughs> moments, of KP trade. Obviously everything with the lottery, the lottery party. Yeah. Covered by ESPN. The lottery party was on covered by ESPN. They weren't even at the Knicks official lottery party, they were at our party. That's nuts <laughs> Crazy The lottery The draft um, Free agency Summer league was crazy too I hope I hope to see all you guys In summer league JL's make sure you book your stuff From tonight Book it for next year Yeah man Next we'll year go- What's was, was book Like Nate Roberts Yeah Summer league We're gonna turn summer league Into like the biggest Knicks fan convention They're gonna be tired of us In Vegas man they, They're not gonna understand They're gonna think the Knicks Are moving in Vegas how deep we're gonna be next year? I hope I hope you guys all come, man. Um, yeah, it was big, man. We we did a lot of big stuff. CK2K, Terry and Trey. Yeah, man. Uh, it was big, man. We had a, we had a good run. It was definitely a good run. Definitely salute to everybody who's watched, who share these videos. Who who's hit the, the most memorable up. caller? Somebody's asking. Oh asked man, most memorable caller, man. I don't know, man. That's a lot of calls, man. Those yeah, it was a lot of calls, man.
7: I know my favorite, my favorite call intro.
3: Who's that? <laughs> oh, oh, of course, of course. Ron Cleveland, Ron Cleveland, no doubt about it. Yeah. Ron Cleveland, no doubt about it, man. Um, Ari had some good calls, definitely. I think Ari had some some great calls. Ari had some great calls, even though y'all killed my guy <laughs> for the last call. Yeah. Yeah, Ari's... You can take it, though. He takes the criticism. He, take it. he takes the criticism. Ari
7: had, Ari had a really good shooting percentage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, shout out to all the mods too, man. Dave, appreciated. Great work, Dave was out there. He did the fan on the street. He was out there at the Nate event yesterday. He took takes the phone calls. Um, Dave does a lot, man. So definitely salute to Dave. Salute to oh, TM. Yeah, TM set up everything on Discord. Definitely, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a, one of those teeny boppers, man. I have no idea how the Discord works. My man TM yeah. went in there and and. Dissected the whole thing Organized it I mean, Properly If you're not in the discord Definitely do it Uh, uh Alex Collins man All the way from From oh, Ireland man. Big supporter of the guy That's my guy yo That's like I call him the mayor Yeah Yeah <laughs> <I call> big, <laughs> big supporter of the show man Watching yeah. Ireland Till his eyes bleed Talking about the Knicks man. Crazy Four in the morning In Ireland Watching yeah. The Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks Yeah Yeah uh, Who else These live streams Yeah <laughs> So many people man So many people But um yeah, you know, I think. Listen, we, we took another step this year in getting the awareness. Uh, like I said, I'll put this show up against any live stream of any sport. Uh, the the format is the best. Taking phone calls, taking fan reactions, showing highlights. What what more can you ask for, JL? So we, this is this is the show, and we're, and we're we're always hungry to get better and and do it bigger. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Man. Within within our within our you know possibilities. We might get me and you know that there might be some new stuff coming next season i know this i know we've been talking yeah it's, it's definitely gonna be some <laughs> some, some big <biggest laughs> stuff coming next year as well man so yep. yeah man as, as we said man continue to support us the way you do that um the super chats are very much appreciated channel donations are appreciated hit that thumbs up hitting that like button sends this thing all the way up on youtube Sharing these videos on social media, this is how these things grow at an exponential rate, and this is how we were both able to grow this platform so fast. So it's up to you guys, you know. We, we rely on you guys to share it. And uh, yeah. if we earned it, you know, a lot of you, if you guys are fans of the show, go ahead and share it. If you're not a fan, leave us feedback. That's another thing. If you guys yeah. are gonna thumbs down any videos or thumbs down any streams, be man enough, a woman enough to leave us feedback, you know. Don't be a coward. Leave us feedback. Even if you could even say, hey, I don't like you guys, whatever. Just put it in the comment section. But if it's real feedback, you guys let us know so that we could always try to improve for um, the, the next time. You know? Right. For the for mm-hmm. the next time, man.
7: Yeah, right. man. I, I gotta think, I mean CP got his 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 thing he's working out with his live stream. And because of that, now people know about the Nick of Time show on the podcast. So thanks for everybody who actually watched the last episode. And hopefully we're gonna have the actual live stream up for CP up and running,
3: hope Absolutely, man. So yeah, go ahead and um and close out, J. so uh, Let them know where they can find you.
7: All right, man. So listen, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter at the KLT Show.com. You can see that little graph right there. Um, also on Instagram at Nick Time Show. Also, um, the, the, the Nick of Time Show will be having its last episode airing on Tuesday on SoundCloud iTunes uh, Google Play, Spotify We're featuring uh, Terry from Terry Trey as well so definitely be able to check that out and yeah shout out to everybody who enjoyed our last show and also just gotta say rest in peace Papa Ellis, my grandpa yeah, pass man.
3: On hold your head up man definitely rest in peace yo so my condolences to you as well bro Word. and that's it, back to you soon Absolutely, man, and and thanks again, bro, for all your hard work this year, Jay Ellis, all your Mm -hmm. sacrifice as well, man, and so to everybody, that, like I said, for always supporting us, um, check out the Knicks Fan TV merch, it's in the Knicks Fan TV channel description, under the video description, this show is also available for audio format, a lot of you guys are working, a lot of you guys, you can't use YouTube for your battery data plan, I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all on the TV. Your Mitch Please t-shirts still available, still ringing off the shelves. You saw Mitch out there in Summer League wearing the shirt. He's repping the brand, friend of the program. Shout out to Money Mitch. And um, like I said, share these videos on Twitter. Hashtag PostgameNYK. You share those videos, we'll put you in the exclusive Twitter group chat and then also to the Discord group chat. So, uh, that's, that's your, your way of keeping the conversation going, especially during kind of the dog days of summer the dog days of the off season. We don't have much to talk about. Um, until then, as I said, I'll have some more recorded content coming out on my channel in the coming days and weeks. So just continue to support, continue to look out for that. And, um, once again, man, thanks again, everybody for supporting us, all the day ones, all the loyal followers, everybody. That comes in here on a daily, waiting on us to come in. Uh, definitely appreciate the support, man. It goes a long way, man. It goes a long way, man. All right, JLs, man. Great job as usual, bro. Yeah, man. Same here, man. Peace. Same as always. Yes, sir.
5: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.